It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Twelve oh three, and welcome to Five Ninety Baseball. We are live at the Schnooks at eight sixty six, the Veterans Memorial Parkway. Jim Hewer, Bob Ramsey, Brian Hoffman, with you from the Schnooks, where the food is plentiful. It is very good. We've had what do we had here, Brian? We've had we've bagels. had bagels. We've got some sandwiches. They call them the King of the Hill, and um, artisan sea salt chips, which are. Very underrated. Yes. Very strong. All delightful. Very much so. We have uh, 590 Baseball here at its new time at noon. We're here till 1 o'clock, and then Cam Jansen takes over at 1 from Top Shooters. Guys, this is a great time of year for baseball fans. We're basically two weeks left in the season, and we got a lot of things to get to in this hour. Our starting five this week, five players that will have the biggest impact in Major League Baseball down the stretch. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing which five each of you have because I think there are endless possibilities here, and there's a lot of things to keep an eye on. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Cardinals and the Brewers. What a great matchup this is. The Brewers, We thought I think it's easy to say we all thought were done a little over a week ago. They have stormed back. They have caught the Cubs. They and the Cubs are four games behind the Cardinals in the Central Division. Cardinals sit with a record of 82-64. and 64. Elsewhere in Major League Baseball, I think this is an interesting one to watch. Cleveland gets Minnesota this weekend, and it's their last gasp to try and make a run at the Central Division. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that we can get to uh, with our starting five, and I got a pretty couple pretty good this day in history notes. But uh, let's start off yesterday. Bob, we were out at Zisser Tire with the hard line, and it was almost – a must win. I think we were kind of throwing right. that out there. They took care of business yesterday, and you had almost the perfect lineup. I got to give you some. I credit. almost got it right. Yeah. I knew. Uh, I think he'll go back with the regular one tonight. But I think the thing about the Rockies series is how unusual it was. And even if the Cardinals don't sweep, had they taken two out of three, they'd have a five-game cushion which feels like it's 10 more games than four games. It's, all, it's just yes. about trying to almost remain sweep-proof next week at Wrigley. And winning one of those two games at the beginning of the series would have at least put you in right. much better shape of, of being that. I, I don't know how to do a, a weighted math formula that would say why four is better, or five is so much better than four games ahead. Right. But, man, what a difference I think it makes. And uh, – I still think the Cardinals, I think they have to finish 20 games over. I think the winner of the division will be 20 games over 500. I, I, I see, we, we had a discussion with Martin. I think they need to get to 90 to at least win this thing and win the division. I, I'm, I'm well, that would, be, uh, that would be, right, that would be, that'd be 20 games over? Yeah, I, I think they need to get there because somebody's going to get hot. I don't know which of those two. One of those. Well, nobody can get hotter than the Brewers right now. Right, but that's twelve and four. Milwaukee and Chicago have to go the rest of the way to to get to how 90. many? How many I, games in a row do the Brewers have to win before you see how possible it is? Well, you have to beat a better team. 
They just came off a, a Marlins sweep. Right. I'm not, not going to. But everybody else played the Marlins, too. That's true. they gotta get a, They got to have a positive run differential before I start really taking them too seriously. Uh, I think things are so close right now that the Cardinals don't take two out of three. They'll, they'll probably let it slip. Like this weekend, it mm. probably slips away from them. Oh, wow. Well, if you take if you lose two out of three, then you still have the seven with the Cubs, and that's you don't feel good about yourself no. after. No, that I could, I could see where that could be. On a, the other hand, if you go five hundred the rest of the way, you probably win the division. So the, all those numbers are within a game or a few percentage points of each other, and it just depends on what the other teams do. Obviously, around you, um, all you can really count on is trying to win games and knock them off the magic number. Yeah, you just. Knock one more off. Which is what, 13 today? 13. uh, It's 11 to get in, in any capacity, and then 13 to win the division. I'll throw this out to both of you guys. You also have to look, I think, sometimes the way you manage games changes now. It kind of does once you expand the rosters. But everything's so micromanaged. To sit here and go, uh, you know, we got an ace pitcher. Well, if your ace pitcher isn't good that day, you got to find a different way to win, and you better have a good bullpen. And bullpen. And the offense didn't do it in Colorado. Right. That's a perfect example. You couldn't even move runners up. It was, uh, and I got to tell you, I'm not mad at the players or the manager. That's a front office problem. The Cardinals had a terrific offense for about a month. I don't know if you've done run the numbers on average runs for game uh, for game per game, but for close to a month, I think it was close to five runs a game, and obviously. Um, the three games prior to yesterday, those three games were, you know, it was like a run and a yeah. third. Uh, what's the real? What's the real offense? I think that'll be the question the rest of the way for the Cardinals. Can they score runs? And you know, uh, I got it. Dex has been pretty good lately, and uh, and that's one of the reasons I think that Schilt will go with the regular lineup tonight. These are the guys I got to count on. Uh, from August 9th, which is the first game following the five-game road trip in, in, on the West Coast when she lost all the games, until September 7th, which was the 10-run output versus the Padres, the Cardinals averaged 5.8 runs per game. And they've has struggled in the four games since then. It's 14 runs, 10 of which came in, in one game. Yeah, I thought was uh, what was intriguing to me, over the last three games specifically, Bader has kind of fallen back a little bit. He did homer yesterday, but he had a rough first two games in Colorado. Someone we didn't see at all, and I just wonder if if his standing has, has fallen back. What happened to Tyler O'Neill? We we didn't see him at all in, in Colorado. He's made one start yeah, in the month of, of September. He's, he's kind of disappeared a little bit, and for a guy whom the organization has made a point to, promote a little bit and say hey he's someone in the future who you should look at to not see him over the course of two games where you had no punch at all i felt was off do you trust him to hit i trust him to hit as much as anyone else on the team at this point that's not really my question do you trust (laughs) him to hit yes i don't okay so there's the difference okay and it's clear i trust him to hit in course field and and, uh, Mm -hmm. clearly schilt agrees with me (laughs) <laughs> no, and it's both games, so you're both wrong. Right. That doesn't mean we're right. No, that's the thing about di- personnel. You have no idea what he would have done in the in, in the lineup. There's no way to prove it. Uh, but he wouldn't have been worse. So, which would support your your idea? So you would have played him in center field instead of Bader. No, I would have had him pinch hit at some point in one of those two games. At least up here, I, I felt a good instance would have been. With Bader up, you had runners on, and, and that's more of a strikeout contender. But he's a guy who I think could put the ball in play and at least get the ball in the air. And then I felt, and this is just my own personal vendetta, he sacrificed with Wong. A pure, let's give away an out to advance a runner. And that, to me, is bad strategy with just about any position player and is worse with a guy like Colton Wong, who has been hitting the ball well over the last couple months. I think it showed a manager who's desperate to get a run because he knows his team's not hitting. And in cores, I felt, I I always feel like in that inning, you were saying if we don't score here, the game is over. 
I feel that kind of strategy I, is what you're hinting at, and I think that's a terrible message. Although I agreed with it at that moment. No, no. See, you had to score. Well, now we talk about, you know, you know, the proof is what happened in regard to O'Neill pinch hitting. They could they weren't scoring, so he was right. He had to try and get a run because they're not sco- they were not scoring tonight. So the problem is, you did it and you still didn't score. <laughs> If memory serves, you still had your two best RBI guys coming up afterwards. Right. Who, who weren't hitting, though. But you got to rely Wong's on Wong's been of those a better hitter that... for the last couple months than both Paul Goldschmidt and. Who's been? Colton Wong has been a better. Oh, no doubt. Better yes. hitter the last two, 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 three months than, right. than Marcelo Zuna and Paul yeah. Goldschmidt. And that's what frustrated me, mm-hmm. is you're taking the, the bat out of the hands of one of your more complete hitters right now. And, you know, Fowler can score from first. He doesn't have to be in scoring position to score in a base hit. You put a ball. Well placed, which Wong has been doing recently. They'd have to get he to the wall. Score. It'd have to get to the wall. He's he's not going to want to score from first. No, no, <laughs> but he can. In theory, no one really wants to score from first. It requires a lot of energy. No, I. But no, every actually guys who can run love to do it. It's fun, <laughs> but um, yeah, they weren't hitting. And, but again, I don't blame them or the manager and his strategy. We've been saying for a couple of years they need more offense. That's that. Those two losses in Colorado, in my view, go to management. And if the Cardinals don't win the division, that's on the suits, not the uniforms. It's on the suits, and I'm and and I believe that sincerely and firmly. I, I get that because too many bats have come and gone. Right. And they needed they needed one more and. Uh, well, that's all there is to it. And the bats view. they have acquired have not been what what they advertised them as. And Ozuna wasn't quite the transcendent hitter that they thought they were acquiring, or they told us they were acquiring, and then they found out later he was hurt, and that seemed to really affect his standing. And I know we love the guy, and he's great defensively, and he seems to be a really good person, but this isn't the Paul Goldschmidt we were told we were getting. This is a, a player with an OPS no, very diminished. 100 points below his career average in a year of unprecedented offensive numbers throughout Major League Baseball. There, yeah, but I, 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 I don't want to cloud it. I don't put that on management. No, well, I, I don't. Guess put, so. I don't okay. put that on management. You, you put not fixing it midseason on management, or last off season okay. to do more. Okay, that's fair. How, how much? And this—that's what I've been saying. I'm just trying to be consistent. <laughs> As we're talking. Put this one on management, this one on the players. How much is it, you know what, they're just the way the game is going this year, you don't have guys mashing betting over 300. And I mean, most guys are batting below 300, especially the guys you would expect to be there, other than a Yelich. But there are so many guys that are, let's say, 23 to 30 home runs, and they're not batting 300. They're batting in the 260s and the 270s. And How that- much of that is the game is just – not what it is but, but, on a different year. But the ones who are are yeah. awesome and worth yeah. worth their weight in gold. Um, platinum even, maybe. Yeah, I would agree with that thought. So harder to find, perhaps, but not uh, – Doesn't I'm, I'm not going to be a dead horse of Brantley okay. and, bring, you know, there's, <laughs> the, <laughs> there's the guy you needed. Yep. Yeah, no, true on that. And so that's why I put it on management. I, I Those agree. two losses. Not all the losses, but those two. Yeah, I could see that. Plus, everyone's... You didn't have enough hitters. And then you chose not to have one of the best... I'll be trying to be safe here. Best five hitters in the minor leagues this year. You chose not to put them on your team for mm-hmm. business reasons. Yeah. That's on management. Yes. I kind of thought he should have been here. At least let him sit here. And if you don't want to use him, fine. Just let him no, sit. No, it's not fine. Play center field. Well, if he if, if he plays, great. If you don't, I just want him here. He's got to get exposed to this. If he's that good, he needs to be here. Now, there might be some that would say he's not ready, but I'd have to. you'd have to give me specific things that he's not ready for. Yeah. Especially relative to the guys you're playing who can't hit. That's obvious, yeah. You need you need bats. Relativity matters Absolutely. in the decision-making, in my view. It was interesting, uh, speaking of minor leaguer of the week, Dylan Carlson was told he's not going to the Arizona Fall League. you got to let him rest. That's well, okay. that sure. means he's ready then. They don't want to showcase him in Arizona, which means they believe he's ready. 
that he should be here. I think that's right? a fair Which interpretation. Which probably means he should be here now. Yeah. I think that's a very fair interpretation. That's how I how I read that statement. So I'm fine with him not going. Clearly, he's proven on every level that he can hit. So if you feel like he's ready for for March and April, and I would say that maybe there's a slight chance, an itty bitty chance that we'll find out a few things he'll need to work on for say oh. 14 to 20 days in the month of April <laughs> next year, and then he'll be up on the Major League roster. Case in point on why he should be here. Now, Ravello crushed it in the ninth inning the other night when they lost 2-1. to one. Yeah. You're going to tell me Carlson couldn't have been a pinch hitter there and came up with a big hit for you? Or possibly could have been a guy? But that's where I'm talking, maybe why you shouldn't have used a, a Tyler O'Neill in that situation, too. You're looking for power in that instance, and I feel like right. I thought it was odd that he was on the bench in that, in that situation. A lot of things. Well, that, that's why we have this discussion. We, we have so many things that we can discuss. It's 590 Baseball. We're live here at the Schnooks out off of Mexico Road. Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman, Bob Ramsey with you. Cardinals and Brewers this weekend. Uh, maybe we can talk a little specifics here with this series. Yelich is gone, and you've hinted at it on the hard line this week. Something clicked with the Brewers. Is it rallying it, around the injury, or is it? it yeah, in sports, um, first they were playing better anyway. But in sports, there is the uh, there is the rally factor. The thing is, you never know how long it's going to last. Whether it's a guy stepping in for a closer, uh, whether it's uh, somebody has to step in at point guard or move up to the top line in hockey, whatever it is. Eventually, water seeps to its own level. So is that rally and good play around the loss a day, a week, a month? At some point, with the rare exception of the Wally Pip situations, at some point, when you lose uh, a key contributor, those key con- the, the, the missing of the key contributions will, will raise, raise its ugly head and then you'll eventually feel the pain. And, again, you never know. Do you rally for a game, two games, a week, a three-game series? I, but at some point, you'll lose it. But the rally the rally factor is a real thing. I, I'm there with you at the rally factor. I'm also going to throw in the fact the Brewers, Yelich is all-worldly, okay? They got some pretty good other veteran guys. That, hey, you know what? It's our turn to step up here, and I'm talking Moustakas. Ryan Braun is older, but he can still get hot and beat you. I mean, he's beaten the Cardinals enough over his course of the time with the Brewers where you guys are right. worried about him. Uh, so from that side of it, uh, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I really thought they were done because I didn't think they would have enough pitching. I still They're, don't think they have enough pitching. Even with You might be right. Even with the rally behind around Yelich, that, that might be uh, – more of an offensive You thing are of, who you are eventually. Of a Ryan Braun and Mike Moustakis saying, you don't think we have anything left? We'll show you at the plate. But they're not pitching. They're not starting games. They're, no, they're that's, not. That's their issue. They've, it's September 13th. They've already allowed over 700 runs this season as, as a team. They're not a very good pitching team. And that's – I'm not sure there's much you can rally about there. I'm going to give um, – I'm going to give away one of my five contributors, though. Okay. Hater started to pitch better again, like he like like himself. There was a long stretch, a long stretch where he was human. Right. It appears he's back to where he was. Huge key in the last sixteen games. I think that's a good point, and I also think we've got to give some kudos to their manager, who proved last year he can micromanage a bullpen to get them where mm-hmm. they were. And the rest of the crew is suspect, but if he can get if he gets two other guys to go with Hader that he can count on to get guys out, they're going to be dangerous, more than dangerous right now, because he'll be able to micromanage probably enough wins to make this real interesting, I think. And that's what mm-hmm. bothers me about this weekend with Milwaukee coming to town, because you're facing them. They've won seven in a row. Yes, they beat up on the Marlins, but they beat up on the Cubs before that. Well, if we're going to talk how well Milwaukee has played recently, and seven in a row is nothing to scoff at, but they're coming here to St. Louis in a ballpark where the Cardinals have won 17 of 21. So that I think that has to factor into your analysis as well in that so much of this second-half surge has been because you've played a mostly home-heavy schedule and with that have played very well at Bush Stadium. And I think the Cardinals' style of play is more 
consistent than what Milwaukee can offer and even what Chicago can offer and that you're much better defensively, you're a much better pitching team, especially from a starting side than both the Brewers especially and also the Cubs, and your bullpen is superior. The only thing you're down on with each team is, is hitting. The, uh, and, and the Cardinals probably aren't going to hit. The, they remind me of a 70s team. Pitching, speed, and defense. Now, they don't steal a lot of bases, but they can run. Uh, and trying to win today with that style, really, really hard. But if your pitching is good enough, and I think it is better than the other two contenders, then if you defend, they play a sloppy game, they'll lose it. Yes. They'll lose it because they can't overcome it with offense yeah. day in, day out. Oh, good points. Good points. Uh, Cubs. Give us a little bit of uh, handicapping here. Uh, you, we also had in the last hour how uh, starting to get some rumors in that locker room and in the organization. People aren't happy with one another. That could be real detrimental to how they finish the season, I think. Messages tend to wear out after a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it you never know when that's going to be, but it often happens, even with great coaches and managers. Yeah. Sometimes it wears out. Um, I think Joe Cool, uh, I, I think it's worn out. And maybe not on the players even as much as management. Well, I think management is yeah. I'm sure. I, I feel like Theo and Joe approach the game very differently. And maybe Joe's relaxed and calm, cool demeanor might bother Theo when things aren't going quite as well. So when you're four games back, you don't want to see Joe cool. You want to see Joe angry with the team. I think Madden is a victim of, in part, players just not being as good as probably they projected them to be. The, the Cubs projected Albert Almora being better than a, a 661 OPS. They projected Kyle Schwarber being Better than an LPS plus of 111. Frankly, I think they projected Chris Bryant to be better than what he is. Bryant, right Bryant's now. shoulder. In the shoulder. Bothered bothered. Him all year. Yeah, and his knee, I think, now is also yeah. bothering him. So health plays a role in it. And, you know, whatever Addison Russell's issues both on and off the field were not projected. And I think because of that, Joe is he's a victim of the Cubs not being a dynasty. They, If you had asked Cubs fans in late, early November 2016, how many think you'll win over the next three years? I'll probably say one more, at least, or at least another pennant. And for him not to go there, that's why he'll be let go after this season. It's interesting the way because the Dodgers happened. That that's why he's that's why he's going to get fired with Joe or not brought back. I guess yeah. technically, you mentioned the message gets old. His only other really exposure was down to Tampa, and they just funneled young players in and out of there so the message didn't have to last very long mm-hmm. i got three or four guy ears out of this kid he's gonna be a star but we got to move him so i got another group there could be a lot of truth into what you're saying right there and he knows with this group the bryants the rizzos he's only been there for so long but he also these guys are going well i'm here you may be gone but i'm i'm here for another three or four more years and, and injuries have, have decimated yeah, every injuries. aspect of the team that's true Absolutely true. you got to always factor in injuries. Everybody has them, but when they happen to key spots. And, well, Kimbrell is, uh, he's sprung a leak. And he hasn't been what they thought they were getting when they bought mm-hmm. that. So there is all of those things. It is 590 Baseball here on 590 The Fan. We are live here from the Schnooks here in this hour. And it's time now for a couple of our regular spots. We'll start off with our former Cardinal of the Week. And this guy had a pretty good day yesterday. And the pitch is swung on and drilled to deep right center field. Back goes Reyes on the track. She is gone over the dead center field wall. That ball had to go 440. Luke Voigt. Voigt hits one in Detroit. There's more of that. Hug, that wasn't a bad call. He catches a lot of heat, but that's a good rhyme. Voigt, Detroit. You want to hear the rest of it? Sure. Hits one in Detroit. Okay. It's a two-run Voight home run. Uh, he does fill the void, and the Yankees yeah, take no. a quick 2 nothing lead. It went downhill. It, yeah. He should have stopped it to Detroit. He yeah, had name puns are the lowest form of humor. <laughs> I know because I use them all the time. <laughs> so uh, that, that was He jumped the shark. He, yeah, he did. did. He had Voight in Detroit. That was pretty good, and then he should have just stopped. Three hits, three going. RBIs yesterday for Luke. It hits his 20th home run. Mm-hmm. 
his first, though, since July 22nd. He had a real dry spell. Well, he was hurt. Hurt and went to the minors for a little bit. He was hurt. So uh, congratulations, Luke Boyd, our former Cardinal of the Week. I got a couple of this days in history. We'll start off 1964 on this day. Cardinals win 15-2 over the Cubs. Javier, Brock, Shannon, all homer. Cardinals have a four-game lead right now. On that day in 1964, with the win. They were down how much? They were down six games. Yep. And still went on to win the division and ended up 14-6 and six down the stretch. I implore people, if you love pressure and the stories of pennant races, pick up either of Bob Gibson's books, Ghetto to Glory and Stranger to the Game, both chronicle the 64 pennant race marvelously. But the quintessential one is by Pulitzer Prize winner Dave Halberstam. Great book. Great book. Um, October 1964. And if just go, tell you what, go to the library. If you don't want to go buy them, go to the library and just look up the segments in each of those books about the pennant race. And if you read those chapters, you will be fired up. It's it's what is possible and what is great about the game. Um, it, the, it was I was already a baseball nut, mm-hmm. but it locked me in for it, it made me an addict for life. That, to, the 64 race. I'll have to check those out because it goes back to when we started the show. And I said it's a great two weeks left. There's so many different storylines and there's going to be a couple things. I mean, there could be a couple things where you go. I didn't see that coming. Somebody goes on a run and it lives forever in your memory like the 64 team. I got another memory for you. 1982, the Cardinals are in Veterans Stadium. It's Steve Carlton against Bob Forsh. Carlton shuts out the Cardinals, hits a home run. Phillies win it 2 to nothing. They go a half game ahead of the Cardinals in the standings. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was just an unbelievable day for... Carlton stuck out 12 cards, three hits, no walks. I mean, he was at his best that night. He hits home run. It was the next day, which would have been anniversary of tomorrow, where the Cardinals play the Phillies again, down a half game, and Bruce Suter faces Mike Schmidt with the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth. There was a long rain delay. Ironically, the starting pitcher was John Stuper, a little foreshadowing of things to come later in the World Series. Bruce Suter gets the Mike Schmidt to ground into that one, two, three double play with the bases loaded, and the Cardinals go on to win the game, and then they win the next night as well. Just great memories, but we're at that time of the year. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. I unfortunately was living in Louisiana at the time, and we didn't have television access. What I could get though, they used to do news feeds back mm-hmm. then, and you could get highlights that you wouldn't see really anywhere else. And so each night I would wait for the highlight packages to come down the network line. And uh, that, and then box, believe it or not, Brian, yes. getting the newspaper and reading the box stores and the game story the next day, the next day was the only way you could really follow it if you weren't there. Oof. How about that? That's couldn't get it on your phone. phone. You couldn't, nope, you had to get the box score. But that is. Well, I had the rotary, but I just couldn't see a see picture. picture. <laughs> <laughs> and that is one of the more memorable moments in regular season history for the Cardinals. A one, two, three, bases loaded. I mean, Suter comes in and gets Mike Schmidt. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's one that lasts forever. And the Cardinals then went on to win eight in a row in a, in a very short period of time. They went on to win the East, and then they go on to the World Series. So those are our uh, this day in history moments. Just kind of puts it in perspective, people. A four-game lead can disappear in a big, big hurry. It's That's why I've got a little feedback that I'm being a little too negative here in September. I just, I've seen it. Yes. I've seen it. And you see the schedule. You see the, the who they're facing. Not so much teams, but even pitchers. You have Strasburg, Corbin, Scherzer early mm-hmm. next week. You mm-hmm. have a leading off with Hendricks on Thursday. It's, if they win the division, they will have earned it. They're not going to back into it now. They're going to have to earn it the rest of the way. There's still probably a few more. If they win, there'll be a 
few more pretty awesome memories here in the next two weeks. Agreed. Yep. That, that we there will see. be. Or horrible memories. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. It could be the other way. I couldn't believe what happened at Wrigley. Remember when so-and-so <laughs> fell down? And was it 1989? We were right in the thick of it. Yes. Went to Wrigley Field, the cold weather. Dwight Smith and... Uh, was that 89? Yep. Jerome yeah. Walton, that group. Oh. It, we were on the outside looking in a little bit, I think. I don't know. I, I really felt pretty good about the team. They just fell apart at Wrigley Field. I was thinking last night just re- about Adoles Garcia last season when he slipped and fell yeah. going home and just kind of feeling like that's going to do it for the year, that you don't come back from that. <laughs> you, that's ugly. Yeah. yeah. You brought up the 89, and I always remember Whitey talking about that team, and he always says, he always goes, yeah, we got quiz, and he just couldn't get anybody out anymore. Yep. <laughs> and I just go, oh, yes, that is so true. That's what happened with that baseball team. Hey, it is 590 Baseball. We take a break. We come back with our starting five. Five players in Major League Baseball that will have the biggest impact in the next two weeks. We'll all have that for you when we return here on 590 The Fan. Back out at Schnooks off of Highway K. Mexico Road, Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman, and Bob Ramsey. It's 590 Baseball. David Solomon back in our 590 The Fan Studios. Don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, it is the Cam Jansen Show live from Top Shooters. We get a double dose of Cam today, don't we? Yes, we do. Cam will also be on between 5 and 6 out at uh, Eureka High School. I'll be out there with them for that. So a double dose of How do you fix a double dose of Cam Jansen? Penicillin? Alcohol. Alcohol. Alcohol, yeah, it's probably the best way. Some bourbon, for some that, beer, for that, of course. <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, time now for our starting five for to this afternoon's show. Five players with the biggest impact in Major League Baseball in the final two weeks of the year. There's uh, so many possibilities because I wanted it league-wide because we kind of touched on a little bit about the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. But I wanted this league-wide because there's a lot of things we can keep an eye on. Brian, you can go first. I'll admit most of mine are NL Central, in part because that's about all that's left that's for, true. for fighting. But this isn't so much because they haven't clinched yet their division, and they are still kind of in a battle for home field um, throughout the entire postseason. But this is more so for October. I am really interested to see what Luis Severino has for the next two weeks Ooh, for the Yankees, yeah. only because their their issue is pitching. and they, they can, Absolutely. They can make up for it with their offense, but if you're going up against an Astros team in the LCS and it's Verlander and Greinke and Cole, it's going to be tough to to outscore them. But if you have a player like Severino, even if it's two or three innings every two or three days, that can that can be a win or so every series, maybe even a little bit more if it goes into a deep series. And he, if he's on, he's unhittable. And I think he can he can add a different layer to a Yankee team that won't be asking much out of its starters, and that can maybe raise the value of, of Severino. Number four, I'm, I'm not going player. I want to see how Joe Madden manages over the next two-plus weeks. With Does he manage like a guy knowing he's done and therefore doesn't care about the feelings of some players, doesn't care so much maybe about the future health of some players? Hmm. Is he, does he push the starters? If John Lester's at 110 pitches and normally he'd remove him, but who cares? I might not be here next year and he's my guy. He's staying in. I'm interested to see how Madden handles the next two plus weeks if he kind of has a okay screw you Theo attitude and tries to does do things truly his way the rest of the year uh we already mentioned this team and I've already mentioned the player but Moustakis has an 833 slugging in the month of September and that's even awesome if you're looking yep. for the for the hitter especially from as a lefty who can help the Brewers and maybe fill in the the, the void left by the Yelich injury he's probably He's probably it. He's, he was on my list. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, number two, I've already mentioned him before, but Chris Bryant, because of injuries, has a 796 OPS since the trade deadline, which for a guy who hovers around 900 usually is pretty low. Uh, if I think he got a cortisone shot recently. If he's healthy over the next two-plus weeks, he can prove the difference. As, as good as Castellanos is, the Cubs' offense is just not the same if Bryant's not hitting. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as, as vaunted. And then finally... Number one, looking locally, you know, from a power standpoint, September is Paul Goldschmidt's worst month in his career, and that can't happen this year. 
he yet to homer this month. He's been a pretty good extra base hitter, but he needs to start really driving the ball and hitting mm-hmm. home runs and being that offensive, uh, real, the, the motor that he can be offensively. Mm-hmm. And really, he needs to be the reason they win the division from an offensive standpoint. Oh, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I just can't disagree with that. The Golds, but he frustrates me because I thought he would be much better. Yeah, offensively. Well, he always has been. And you look at two, what two fifty, two sixty, wherever he's at. He's been, you know, he looks like he's going to get hot there for a couple weeks, and then it kind of rescinds. And I'll be honest, guys, I'm kind of starting to go. Maybe it's the regression. That comes the with age, age regression. Yes, yeah. and that that would be if it's regressed really that fast in just one year. What's it going to be in another year and a half? The uh, I'll start with my number five guy, yep. and that is uh, Goldschmidt. I'm with you for a team that we've already said is light on off on offense. There's the one guy that has the track record to do it. it it's he's the number five guy. Um, then I'm not going to pick a name, but the t- the, this club has got to pick a name. The Mets got to f- decide who can close games ah. out. Mm-hmm. They, they've been my team. I, I've said this many times on right. the air. Since everybody dumped on them in their strategy, um, they have been hard to follow, but they've won. They're hot again. They've won four in a row. Who will close games for them to get them into postseason? I already mentioned Josh Hader. He's my number three guy. Is he back to who he has been in his career? Is this a flash? If he's dominant down the stretch, he'll be the absolute key for them. And going right with that is my number two guy is Craig Kimbrell. Oh. The Cubs bullpen could win or lose this for him as well. And then my number one guy, Andrew Miller. Yeah. Where is he? If he can be effective, he might be the key guy because the Cardinals are ahead. If they were even or behind, it probably wouldn't be the setup guy, the difference. But he can win He can win games for you by taking out Rizzo and Moustakis and, uh, and others. But those, the next, so what do we have, 10, 10 games with Milwaukee and, uh, and Chicago. Can he get Moustakis and Rizzo out once a game? If he can get them out once a game, he might just well win the pen, win the division for the Cardinals. Yeah, that's that's true. He's just he's never going to be where he was. I think that's that ship has sailed. But I only need him for ten at bats. It's exactly the rest right. of the way. And there are there's been a couple times this year where you go, oh, he's getting close. And then there are other times you're going, well, he's. The reason I don't think he's close because they took him out against a left-hander yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. This yeah. week he's been bad. They he's, didn't leave him in with the lefty. He's yeah. allowed a base runner in 14 of his last 15 appearances. That's not good. He's I, not been very good. I need 10 outs from him. Yep. I need 10 outs. Mm. All right. My five goes along with Rizzo number five because my number five guy is, is Rizzo. I mean, Miller. Oh, Andrew Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Miller, Rizzo, that matchup. Over the oh, next, gotcha. that's that's. I know I, I went with Rizzo, but it's the same matchup yeah. between the two, because I got flashbacks, guys, of Seagrass trying to get Rizzo out, mm. and he was just crushing. He was anything that boy that Part of that was was the guy putting him in that situation too, since Seagrass wasn't over and over again. Yeah, he crushed it last time. What is he going to do differently? Seagrass wasn't fit for that any longer. No, and that is number five for me I, because I just can see Rizzo just getting hot and dominating and carrying the Cubs. I think he's that good of a player when mm-hmm. he's right. And if that matchup doesn't go well for the Cardinals in those seven games, it could be very, very detrimental for the Cardinals. Number four for me comes from the Cardinals and I think Colton Wong. I just keep seeing him make things happen. And I think that's why he could maybe have one of the biggest impacts for the Cardinals moving forward. Being in the number two spot, getting on base, he's running every chance he gets, and he's making. Th- he did it yesterday. Terrific. I mean, it was, and it reminds me a little bit of what took place with a couple of teams in the '80s, where guy was not necessarily hitting home runs, but he's getting on base. He can hit doubles, hitting the gap, and when he does get on base, 
he is uh, creating problems for the defense. So number four for me was Colton Wong. Number three, I'm going outside of the Central Division. A guy who's not hitting through the first half of September, but I think could be really big if the Braves catch the Dodgers, and they're three games out right now, it's going to be Ronald Acuna. 40-40? Yeah. He's a 5.1 war player right now. He's played and tied for most games, played at 146. Uh, I just think he's been cold. He's such a great player. He can get really hot in the last two weeks and help the Braves get closer to catching the Dodgers. And I, last year, remember there was a series they played against the Cardinals late in the year, and they were just they threw the ball around the the infield and the outfield. They just weren't making plays. I think that was the maturation process for that Braves group. He was one of the guys that made a couple of errors. I think he figured it out. I think he's going to have a great impact in the next two weeks and, and maybe the Braves catch the Dodgers. I think it's it's possible. So that's my number three. Number two, off of everybody's radar, because I was looking for something different, completely right, different. Right. Well, we know Oakland – they're not playing anybody worth a darn. They've got th six against Texas, three against KC, two against uh, the Angels, and four against Seattle. But they did ju did just take two or three from the Astros. They did. So I th I think it's a f and I think Bob Nightingale posted a tweet said they're in, and I think there's no doubt. But they called up a rookie in the last week, Jesus Luzardo, a lefty hmm. who came in, throws 98 miles an hour, and dominated against one of the games against the Astros. Our, our got them through two scoreless innings against the Astros lineup, and we know how good that is. This kid might be a guy who comes up because he's not eligible for postseason, and the way the A's use pitchers, they, they just use the arms up and get rid of them. Uh, I think he might be a huge impact for them that he's just going to throw a lot of key spots. If a guy can throw left hand and throw 98, watch out for this kid, and, and in the years to come. He, in fact, I think He's their number one prospect and number three left-handed prospect overall in Major League Baseball. So, By the way, who was he that said the A's are in? Bob Nightingale. Tell the Rays and the Indians that. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a yeah. that's a terrific race. Three teams within a game of each other. Absolutely. Uh, that, and the Indians get the Twins this weekend, so I, I want to see where that goes. The yeah. Indians go to Washington the last weekend of the season, which I hate to see. Really? I hate that. They're playing without the DH last weekend of the season. Yeah. That's that's bad uh, scheduling. Uh, uh, number one for me was Mustakas. Yep. Simply because I think he will be the guy that will step up as a veteran leader on that group. He's going to be a handful this weekend. Again, the Miller Mustakas matchup will mm -hmm. play itself out. But I think Mustakas, if they do win, because their pitching is okay, they're going to have to do it scoring runs, and he'll be the leader. He's already been a leader when he was at Kansas City and helped them. I think this might be his time because he knows Yelich is gone. It's my turn to, to make things happen. So those are my five guys. So I like them. Uh, and we all kind of were right around yeah. those same kind of subjects and those at-bats. And as I verbalized it, it did kind of hit me. This is where we are in the season. Things are very finite. Yes. And I'm telling you, the ten, those ten outs from Andrew Miller – I really think we'll make or break the Cardinal season. I need 10. That's all. I don't need 10 innings. No. I don't need 10 strike. I need 10 outs. And you have, you'd say, hopefully six remaining of Flaherty and Hudson. You probably need to win minimum four of those. I, I, I don't know. what the, I, I don't know. I'd rather win them all. Oh, well, yeah. 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 I, I, don't, I don't know that you can – you got to you got to try and win every game. Yeah, every, I mean they not that they don't. That's a silly statement. I, I just I think they've squandered what can be squandered. Yeah, already this week. No more squandering. The va I'm going to say this, and you guys will probably disagree with me. I'm not sure I value the start as much as I do what I get out of my bullpen for the last two weeks. Well, you know, I think the bullpen is the difference in the in the uh, in the division, and so. In those terms, I agree with you, and I think that's what uh, we're talking about with, with Flaherty and Hudson, right. because the likelihood of you needing all of your bullpen for the other three starters is, I pretty mean, the high. odds of that, mm -hmm. yeah, pretty high. you really need that. So to be able to get, you know, decent starts, 
uh, is, is paramount. I mean, and the reason I say something like that, Flaherty has just been unbelievable. And yet, you're not winning. He's not getting a lot of the wins in those starts over, what, since June, since he started? I mean, there were stretches you go, well, he should have about 10, 15 wins, but he doesn't. Dakota does. But it's not It's not because of right. him, though. Right, and that's why I say that statement of I don't necessarily value a super starter as opposed to. Look at this advanced metrics guy over here. I know, it sounds terrible, but All that's right. the way the game Take is. Take him out of the rotation. We'll start Brevia. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, because when he was going, he's been going through the stretch, and I start going, it kind of reminds me of how dominant he was, and this goes back to 88 when Hershiser just dominated down the stretch, and I go, but he's not getting the wins. Hershiser, you knew when he went out there, you go, oh, the Dodgers are going to win. doesn't matter. They're going to win the game. He's going to pitch eight innings, and the Dodgers are going to beat you. I don't get that same feel with similar production from Flaherty with this Cardinal team. I think I, I think he is producing, and I think he's been if, – if we're in agreement that wins don't – aren't for starting pitchers aren't valued as much um, – I think it goes back to the flaws in the offense. True. And bad luck for him. They lost the game in San Francisco one nothing. They lost the game in L.A. 2-1. to one. If they're losing some of these games, most of it is because Flaherty isn't getting the run support. Mm-hmm. The last two games he's pitched, they've won by a combined score of 3 to nothing, in that, And they won because of Jack Flaherty. And those are the games you expect from your ace. Yes. chances are... He's pitching against the ace on the other team. True. Right. And Not always, but those lost. are the odds. They also lost two two-to-one games in Coors Field this week. He wasn't pitching them, but others were. Uh, Offensive-wise, uh, can we talk lineup now for the weekend? In the final part of you the show? You probably stick with the same I one. think he's going regular lineup. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worked. I, I know it's it, the, the offense will ebb and flow. That's just It's not consistent. They don't have enough consistent hitters to – think that you're going to score, you know, four-plus runs every game. You might average that over the course of the next 16 games, but that will be, hey, eight or ten here and then two and three and two the next three. But I think the lineup he has stuck to is probably their best lineup. It's not good or great, Give but them it's, the best it's chance. okay. The, uh, I think they'll do that tonight. I didn't look ahead at individual matchups for Saturday and Sunday. Jordan Lyles on Saturday, who you should hit, though you didn't last time. Though you didn't last time, and I don't know if there's any individual that is currently a bench guy that owns him. Now, last week there was somebody, was it Martin? I don't remember who it was, right. that owned a pitcher, and he went with he went with his current guy, his regular guys. My guess is... Probably regular lineup today and tomorrow, and maybe give Dex or somebody or two a day off Sunday. Okay. That's my guess. I, I think you're going to play it straight, and you're in the home stretch. You know, you're you're the jockey. Yeah, you're you're up up in the stirrups, and you got to you're whipping them to the end. In terms of the offensive production, and as opposed to defensive production. Do you have any thought of sitting Bader to give? Do I or does he? Do, do, it, it, he doesn't. I do. I do. Because <laughs> I, I kind of do too. Especially. I'm like somebody else maybe should start I, I think field. they really want Harrison Bader to succeed. Well, here, he, prob- he had to start him, and it was the right move in Coors Field. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely the right thing to do. Now I think I could be uh, – I could play some of the other variables in St. Louis. I'm fine with Dex playing center field in St. Louis and Wrigley. Yeah. Um, maybe Bader in Arizona every day. But that's maybe where we see somebody else, probably Carpenter at third and Edmund in right, moving yeah. Fowler to center. It's probably what he would do. Um, and I, th- I think at home and in Wrigley, that's more likely. I, I just think at some point you, you keep trying Bader, and I know he plays defense, but at some point when you need offense, you got to find a way. And I'm not saying Carpenter is all-worldly, but he's had a decent week. You can see him getting a few hits here and there and taking better at-bats. Um, it, it'd be worth a shot to have Carpenter over Bader in my lineup. Yeah, and, and so – yeah, well, I think we'll I think we'll see that occasionally 
in St. Louis and Wrigley down the stretch. That's my guess. All right, so Cards, Brewers this weekend. I do, uh, I'm looking forward to this Twins-Indians thing. I said that earlier. This is the Indians' chance right here. Well, you know, a month ago, correct, somebody will correct me on the date. About a month ago, the Indians were in first place. Then they fell on hard times, had some injuries, but they got hot again. They were August 12th. They are up a half game. Yep. Yeah, and so they're a long, I think they're still a long shot to win the division. They've got to go for it. But to count them out of postseason, because they're right there with the with the wild card, they they uh, they've got so much to play for there. I think it could benefit them. And Twins lost a starter. What was it this week because of PEDs? Yeah. Um, I'm going to draw a blank on the name. Pineda. Thank you. So I think that affects them moving forward. They, they'll get Barrios going for them on. On Sunday, but uh, and Bieber against Berrios. How about that one for Sunday matchup in that one? Looking forward to that. Um, if you're handicapping, let's assume the Cardinals win. That's a big assume. Who's going to get that final wild card with two weeks left? The you're talking in the National League. If the Cardinals win the division, the, who, I'm pulling for the Mets. Okay, but they're on the outside looking in, and they're weird. They are very they weird. They are deeply weird. I'm pulling for the Mets. You know, what the heck? Let's all take a team. I'll take the Mets. Okay. D.C. and the net and New York, the Mets. You get to choose next, Brian. I, I just I think it's the Cubs. I don't see their schedule is significantly easier, despite the seven games versus the, the Here's Cardinals. why I don't think so. If, for the question's sake, the Cardinals win, that means they beat the Cubs. Oh, okay. See, a part of me thinks they probably – at best, go three and four. The Cardinals do versus the Cubs in those. Yeah, I think that's a three and four stretch, which I'll take. If that's well, the I, I agree with which you. I'll 100% take. Yes. If that's what it is. You give it to me but now. Yes, I'm taking. I will take that. I agree. But I think the Cubs do take narrowly. They will the, take the that second. second wild card. It will go down probably to that Sunday, and it might be because, as much as they don't want to admit it, but a little bit might help if the Cardinals have already clinched by say that Saturday, and then yeah. you get kind of the hungover lineups on Saturday and Sunday with the Cardinals out yep. there, and that kind of makes those games a little bit easier to win. Mm-hmm. So I have to take somebody different. The The Diamondbacks kind of slowed down this yeah. week. I'm, I'm getting off of them. So I was either going Milwaukee or Philly. But to get this for Philly, Boston at Atlanta, at Cleveland, at Washington, and then they get three against Miami. No chance. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. No chance off. there. So uh, I'm going to go with Milwaukee. They're going to stay hot, find a way. Craig Council is going to manage the heck out of – It'll be a good story. And uh, they'll be the final wild card team. Good. So we'll see how it plays out. Two weeks, a lot of great baseball yet to be played. I wonder if a Ryan Helsley or a Ponce de Leon play a big role in getting Mm. it done. Kind of those middle relief. Fifth, sixth inning guys. Two, three inning appearance guys who allows you if a Walker or a a Wayno scuffle. I think you're right. I wonder where they fit into this. One week from today, uh, even with a four-game lead, Everything could be different in one week. Yep. Uh, we found that out with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of good stuff yet to come. That's going to do it for us today from Schnooks. Up next, it's the Cam Jansen Show live from Top Shooters. Everyone, come on out to Schnooks. Get all your great groceries and needs for this weekend. It's going to be fantastic outside. Get outside. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll talk to you next week on 590 Bet.